everybody. With the Consumer Technology Association, I'm Tyler Suters. We are the owners and the producers of CES, the world's largest, the world's most influential tech event. And we are here to help you get CES ready. Our upcoming show is January 7th through the 10th, 2020 in Las Vegas, as always. And today we are tackling the topic of fitness and more largely wearables. We're delving into how advances in sensor technology, smart fabrics, flexible membranes, cloud computing. This is all a topic that we tackle at CES. And today specifically, two unique angles on the idea of wearables. One is the aspect of simply sensing what is going on, whether you're moving, you're running, you're sleeping. It could be a health application, an industrial application, all kinds of approaches, and then a more narrow focus on sleep itself. Our guests today, first of all, a wearable, a startup company based here in Washington, D.C. that will be in Eureka Park among the amazing startup event that is in place there at CES. And a wearable is focused on improving sleep quality. Now, this goes beyond just hacking your sleep and helping everyday consumers sleep better. This is technology driven by a doctor who has worked with the federal government and for the federal government on people who have true sleep problems. Think insomnia. Also, a conversation with a company from the Netherlands called Exens. This is a company that deals with, we'll call it the guts of wearables, sensors themselves. And also a little bit of a look into what it takes to make the Netherlands such a strong innovation champion uh, in the CTA International Innovation Scorecard. What drives that country to be such a tech leader given its relatively small place in the world? All of that is coming up on this edition of CES Tech Talk. With us in studio right now, a startup on the cutting edge of sleep technology, which is very much a wearable space. From a wearables, first chief science officer and co-founder, Madhvi Upender. Madhvi, great to have you with us. Thank you for having us, Tyler. And Umrit Bandy is CTO and co-founder of a wearable. Umrit, it's good to have you with us today. Yeah, it's good to be here. Yeah, and that's a Bandy runs with candy. <laughs> good to remember. Thank you. Great to have you with us. Why D.C., first of all? Um, you know, CTA is here in the Washington, D.C. area, which makes sense as a trade organization. Uh, why choose Washington as a tech sector? I think D.C. is one of the best tech sectors you can have. It has – means we are a bit looked over compared to Silicon Valley. Mm -hmm. But we have the most amazing colleges around. Mm -hmm. We have a workforce that is actually very loyal – will work with the same company for more than five years, maybe 10 years, and is actually loyal to their company. And we're in the middle of policy and how the world operates. So we can actually be a part of the conversation of making this technology, bring it to market and bring it to the market the right way. That sounds awfully sophisticated for uh, a startup company to have an eye on policy and what is happening in the larger legislative and regulatory world. Do you feel like you're especially advanced in that sector compared to some of your peers? Um, I mean, we're definitely in touch with it. So my background is more in the healthcare side and, and uh, clinical side. 
So I came from the NIH uh, as my background. So there's this connection with keeping in mind, you know, consumer health, but also making sure that it has medical relevance and clinical relevance. Mm -hmm. um, and now I think there's so much overlap between healthcare implementation and healthcare policy with all this growth and consumers being more active in their health. Um, so I think DC is an amazing area. Well, I don't want to lose sight of, of your company itself, mm -hmm. a wearable. Um, and yes, this has to do with wearable technology. Yes, mm -hmm. it is about health and sleep and, and wellness. But you have a, a specific, specific direction for a wearable having to do with what you feel is really an underserved portion of the consumer market, correct? Yes, yeah, so we are looking at people who think that, who would identify with the words that my sleep is broken, mm. that I have difficulty with sleep, that I'm suffering, that they have a high pain point, and what they want to do is get better. They might identify with having symptoms of insomnia. If you're the person who is a part of that 3 a.m. club, that you're awake at 3 a.m. or 4 a.m., and you know that you lie there staring at the ceiling, having rather negative thoughts, and it spirals. If you feel like you're tired all the time, but maybe not sleepy enough to actually go to sleep, that you're tired, and your life is suffering, and you actually also don't want to be on pharmaceuticals, then we are the right company for you. <laughs> well, tell me how you all attack that, please. And uh, Madhvi, we'll start with you as, sure. as chief science officer. And coming from the National Institutes of Health, um, what about the scientific aspect of, of how you approach what what uh, you know Amrit has described as a, a serious health concern? Right. So um, I think now the public is more and more um, aware and learning a lot about the importance of sleep and just overall health. We know that it impacts um, your daytime performance in every aspect of your emotional health, physical health, cognitive health. So. Um, what we've uh, done, I think, which is different from, from most other uh, companies attacking sleep, is uh, we're taking a holistic approach where we're actually developing a wearable device um, that measures sleep at a clinical level. So it measures your sleep quality through the night, not just the amount of you're awake or sleeping. Uh, we can actually tell you how long you've been in REM sleep and deep sleep. And it's a, it's a comfortable wearable sensor that you wear overnight. And then we also um, have uh, taken that further into helping people improve sleep once you know how you sleep you need to understand how um, what areas that are broken you want to fix. Mm -hmm. So we implement that by, uh, again, using clinically validated methods for behavioral therapy and guide you through those different steps of programs that help you improve sleep. Um, and we, we essentially hand hold you mm -hmm. in guiding the different therapies that are used for um, how you can fall asleep faster, um, what to do when you're awake in the middle of the night, what things not to do. Mm -hmm. Um, all of those things. So we're, we're taking that as a holistic approach to help you uh, measure sleep and help you improve. So it sounds at one level simple to say we're, we're measuring sleep and we're doing these various measurements, but that seems to be the most challenging part in some ways, right? How do you effectively measure sleep? How does a, how does a wearable tackle that? So for measuring sleep, the most important thing that you can do is one, we target the fact that we have to do it for an insomniac. Mm -hmm. So it has to be done at home. Right now it's done in a sleep lab, which is targeted at people who have sleep apnea, where in one night you can measure if they get enough airflow. 
for an insomniac, that does not matter. Maybe you slept that night, maybe you did not. You're usually strapped up to around 20 electrodes, and you spend the night in the hospital. So, so a lot of variables outside yes. of what it's like in your own home when you're suffering from insomnia. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And it's actually that actually is reimbursed at around $1,500 a night, which is an archaic system. The goal is to do that every night, as many nights as you need as a person, at home, and it needs to tell you whether uh, you get deep sleep, which is called slow-wave sleep, or and REM sleep. These are two different things. Deep sleep is actually when your body heals itself. It happens in the first half of the night. This is also when you remember memories like, today we came for this interview. It, re- it was at 12 o'clock. We had a good discussion. All these memories are con- consolidated during deep sleep. REM is when you actually learn c- complex skills, like playing the piano or actually doing your job, which happens on autopilot. That happens in increasing intervals through the night. This is actually a picture of what that looks like, uh, which, I, which I, nobody I tr- can see. <laughs> I try to describe the, the picture, Amri, but it's, it's beyond mm-hmm. me. Um, I'll let you talk, uh, talk us through it, though. But the point is deep in, deep in REM sleep are the two key areas. Yes, right? and you need to measure uh, those because there are people who can might sleep for seven hours and actually not get enough REM sleep. Mm-hmm or enough deep sleep, and they'll, they'll be suffering. Anybody who does not get deep sleep will say that I feel tired all the time. Mm-hmm. And we need to actually uh, first find out what's wrong with their sleep. And also being able to, there's also something called limbo sleep. That's my term, but <laughs> it's called fragmented sleep. But it's when you don't know whether you're sleeping mm-hmm. or awake. Mm-hmm. And you mm-hmm. drift in and out. And you actually want to nail that accurately to be able to come up with the right therapies. Right, right. Makes sense. Well, I'll tell you what, I, I don't want to gloss over the, the sleep signature graph that, that you're sharing. What we'll do is for everyone listening now, we'll put this up on our Twitter feed for you at, at, at CES. So, so you can see exactly what, uh, what Umrit and uh, Madhvi are talking about. Um, talking again about the space broadly, Madhvi, what, what enables tech to be this crossover uh, vehicle to to a- address a problem like this, to heal an insomniac where therapies aren't complete, analysis isn't complete, um, rehabilitation or whatever term you want to use isn't, mm-hmm. isn't enough. Why does tech have to be a part of the equation? Right. So I think um, especially in sleep, um, a lot of the work is done by these surveys or by um, questionnaires because there's a lack of, of um, tools that are available for doctors to, to assess sleep uh, accurately. So if, even for insomnia, um, there are these sort of standard questionnaires, so Insomnia Severity Index and Pittsburgh Sleep Quality Index. Um, these are clinical measures, but they're all self-reported. Mm. And Sleep, you know, it's it happens when you're not aware, obviously. So it's very difficult to get accurate measurements of, of when you're falling asleep, if you're awake in the middle of the night, all these things. So technology can provide that objective um, quantitation uh, and quality of sleep. So it's interesting. That sounds like uh, a means of addressing, I don't know, say each of us sprains an ankle mm-hmm. and by some happenstance – they're all the same degree. It's a level one sprain or whatever you might say. And a questionnaire or a doctor says, oh, what's your pain level? Pain level. How much? And, and we get a one, a three, and yeah. an eight. Mm-hmm. And it's all the theoretically the same level of pain. So it's eliminating that almost human error. Is that a fair way to put it? Right. And it's also the perception, right? So people who have sleep problems um, have a, some sort of a bias. A lot of people 
uh, underestimate the level of sleep that they do get. Um, so one of the things that you know these objective measurements will do is that show a person this is you're actually getting a decent amount of sleep. Uh, maybe it's it's more than you actually think you're getting. So I think it's reassuring them or helping them see um, their quality of sleep and see what they need to improve. Um, so perception is a huge thing. Yeah, and your analogy is is on point. And in sleep, the added element is that you have no way of knowing <laughs> whether you actually get deep sleep or not. Right. Even more but, of a guess. Yeah, then, it's yeah. X-raying something that you could not even know it's not possible for you to know. Mm -hmm. There are a lot of people who dream a lot and don't remember that they mm -hmm. did in the morning. So that is a big part of the wearable part of it. Mm -hmm. Wearables is aware wearables. Uh, so. Yes, yes. I, I'm sure a lot of thought went, <laughs> went into that name. Um, uh, I mean, if, we go, if we're going down that road, I'm curious about something you said earlier, which is, uh, in, in essence, this is an underserved yes. population. Uh, how did you all target this? How did you identify this as being underserved people with real sleep problems uh, versus what the much larger marketplace would be, which is people who just want to sleep better. Yeah, so we did more than 150 customer interviews mm -hmm. to find out who needs this the most and what is their pain and what are they looking for. In that, it was always – this area has always had – fascination from everybody, whether it's somebody who wants to lucid dream, somebody who wants to hack sleep to perform better. And then there was this population that actually they're not that it just it's not about sleep monitoring, it's about sleep improvement, that they're broken. And we actually did freeform interviews with them that just what is your pain? How do you want to get better? Whom do you lean on for advice? And they poured out. They all often are awake at 3 a.m. and go to the deep, dark corners of the internet and write and read, and that is not, not healthy. One of the biggest problems in the area has been that if you take one thing away from this podcast, the way to get better in uh, insomnia is actually cognitive behavioral therapy for insomnia. That is actually the guidelines by the American College of Physicians on how to get better even before you're given a sleeping pill. But that starts with a diagnosis, correct, or an accurate diagnosis? Insomnia is a lot to do with if you feel like you have insomnia, you probably have yeah. a sleep problem. Mm -hmm. And half the people in our interviews told us that they, some of them skip the medical system or some of them go and get a sleeping pill too early. It's nobody's fault. It's the doctor has seven minutes to take care of you. And some of them go to a sleep lab incorrectly. So the big problem over there is that there are only 200 to 500 therapists who are trained in sleep to give out CBTI. And that's nationally in the nationally U.S.? Nationally in the okay. U.S. Okay. So it's one, there's a knowledge problem that, mm -hmm. well, how do you get better? It's actually a bit on the low side even in the medical community. Mm -hmm. Two, how do you get it to 50 million people who have <laughs> insomnia when there are 200 people who are actually trained in it? Mm -hmm. So that is where technology comes in. Mm -hmm. And then as a company, it's important for us to know who are we dealing with? We're dealing with somebody who is tired all the time. So whatever technology we present to them, one, it has to be very comfortable. It cannot disturb your sleep. And it also has to deal with who you are. You're somebody who is hurting. One day you're going to feel like you can change the whole world and you can read everything to do with sleep. <laughs> one day you'll be out of it and you'll be cloudy mm -hmm. and you won't have the patience to even go through one line that the app has to tell you. Mm -hmm. So that is what this app has to pull off mm -hmm. that actually take care of you, help you get better, hold your hand 
and yeah, be a friend through getting better in sleep. Be a friend, yeah. Um, Madhvi, your approach for CES 2020, this is for both of you the first time mm -hmm. at the show yes. and the first time a wearable has been on, on a stage like this. Uh, you'll be in Eureka Park, which is the home for startups. Mm -hmm. uh, how are you approaching it? Well, we're starting early, trying to talk to as many people as we can, um, talking to our, our mentors, advisors, um, colleagues who've who have been uh, to CES, first of all. Um, we've started reaching out to media outlets and uh, uh, this podcast being a great opportunity to let the word out. Um, we're working with a marketing firm to to make sure our booth uh, set up exhibits are good. We're trying to set up uh, meetings with investors out there um, doing the venture uh, match, for example, um, setting up meetings ahead of time with potential partnerships. Um, things like that. It's a startup roadmap to some degree, <laughs> Amrit, right? <laughs> yeah. It's very exciting and I think we're going to actually work, I mean, go with our strengths. Mm -hmm. We are the company that actually cares about the person who is suffering from sleep. So we will actually be asking you, are you the person who's awake at 3 a.m.? On day three of CES, most people <laughs> will be sleep deprived. <laughs> and when you're walking by, there's so much fascinating technology over there from virtual reality to augmented this, but there's also probably very few companies who are asking you that, are you suffering? Do you want to get better? It's the New Year's too. Mm -hmm. Everybody has New Year resolutions. Sleep is a brilliant New Year resolution. I think our promo mm -hmm. videos that we'll be playing for mm -hmm. one minute will harp on that, that if you want a New Year's resolution, mm -hmm. Improving your sleep, it actually, these kind of therapies, it takes a couple of months. You see results within a few weeks, and within a couple of months, you actually see results. They can actually help you achieve your other resolutions, like quitting smoking or losing weight. Sleep can actually hurt you from not being able to uh, actually perform your other New Year's resolutions. So I think we'll make a lot of noise about that and try to get people to jump on the New Year's resolution trip. A fascinating step uh, into the wearable space. The company is a wearable. Madhvi Upender is chief science officer and co-founder. And her co-founder, as well as the company's CTO, is Amrit Bandi. Thank you both for coming and have a great CES. Thank you so much. We're looking for forward to it. Yeah. yeah, I really think that everybody has the right to feel their best so that you can actually do the things that you need to do to be your best. Sleep will get you there. And the wearables, uh, as a company, we will help you get better in sleep. Love the New Year's resolution. <laughs> Thank you both. Thank, Thank you. you. Joining us now is Rob Loring. He is business director at a Dutch company called XNs, and he joins us now from the Netherlands. Rob, great to have you with us. Thank you, Tyler. Thank you, Abby. Uh, let's start with XNs itself. And I feel like I need to spell it for everybody because it's one of those funky spellings from the tech world. X-S-E-N-S, XNs. Um, tell us yeah. a bit about the company. Um, it's relatively new, but really starting to make uh, you know, a business plan that includes pretty broad ambitions across the uh, wearable space. Yes, that's correct. Um, well, XNs has been around since, uh, since the year 2000. Um, we have since then been specializing in uh, making um, uh, motion trackers, uh, which are able, to, those are small sensors, IMU-based sensors, which are capable of tracking their own 3D orientation. 
And with that technology, we make all kinds of products. We make uh, uh, sensors which can be used for uh, industrial applications to, to put on, on robots, uh, unmanned vehicles, uh, flying objects uh, to, 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 to stabilize them. But also we use them to put on on humans uh, for a, a full body motion capture, which has been used for for, for movies, games, uh, biomechanical research. So a very interesting uh, interesting market um, uh, to use these IMUs sensors. And nowadays we're also broadening our scope that we also uh, lifting those uh, sensors and making them smaller uh, to go more into the wearables market. Uh, where people can use them for all kinds of different applications uh, connected to mobile devices. Mm -hmm. Well, it's an interesting point you make about uh, the shrinking size and some of the cost aspects of of sensors themselves, Rob, because that then enables um, XNs to get into uh, a suite of of various B2B industries, whether that's motion capture that you mentioned, analysis, but also branching out into healthcare, into sports, into more industrial applications. Uh, You have a quite a broad spectrum of uses for this technology. Yeah, that, that's true. And uh, while our core IP really lies in uh, what we call sensor fusion, so using sensor data from, for example, accelerometers, gyroscopes, magnetometers, GPS, uh, other kind of position uh, systems, we are capable of fusing all that, uh, the basic inaccurate data together and give, uh, the, give our clients a very accurate reading of, for example, position or uh, 3D orientation. Mm-hmm. Um, what do you see as the the trend right now where the wearable industry is going? Um, and I feel like you, Rob, and XNs are especially well qualified to, to answer that, given the depth and breadth of potential applications and in industries that you touch. So so where is the, the, the trend heading, at least in the next in the next year, few years, um, you know, the short term? You, you've always seen them. It's always been on market that, that uh, um, sensors burn on human bodies has been used in the, in the professional market for professional mocap, for biomechanical, biomechanical studies at universities, for example. But we see now that um, the, the, the size of these sensors can be reduced and are reduced, so they get smaller, they get more accessible for the for broader uh, audience, and the, the price goes down. Uh, and ultimately, uh, we would see even that they would appear in clothing uh, in, in, in a few years from now. So that everybody is wearing clothing with, with all kinds of sensors in it. Um, next to that, I think that also then it's logical that all these sensors are connected uh, through your phone, through the internet, uh, through a cloud. Uh, and then you can think of a lot of uh, different applications you can make with that uh, to, to support uh, health applications, sports applications, rehab. Yeah, and also there we see that uh, yeah the design uh, started with that, but the design gets smaller and smaller, but also more and more smart. So uh, it's easier to wear them. Uh, they can uh, measure more body functions, so not only accelerations or speed or so, but also you already have heart rate sensors, but you combine them with stress sensors, hydration sensors, calorie sensors, all all these kind of things. I think that's where it will go through. And yeah, I just read somewhere that. And research that uh, in 2025, we believe, or that research believes that in, there will be more than 10% of us all will wear uh, connected clothing every day. <laughs> I think we're heading right toward that. I think that's a, a fair prediction, right? Um, 
pulling some of the language of, of how you at XNs describe yourselves, I want to hone in on one aspect, Rob, if we may. Um, you say that our sensor fusion technologies enable a seamless interaction between the physical and digital worlds. Interesting, but it's the front part of that description that, that, that has my attention. Sensor fusion technologies. What, where do you envision the fusion, or how do you envision that uh, coming to life here? Well, if we talk about sensor fusion, um, we, we feel that uh, there are, at the moment, there are so many sensors which are really accessible for, for the broad audience, like accelerometers and gyroscopes. Um, you can find them already in all kinds of devices, in your, in your watch, in your, in your phone. Um, and they are giving very uh, an, an enormous load of data, uh, but the data is not per se accurate. But when you want to use it directly, then uh, you will encounter um, phenomena like, like drift or, uh, or uh, a lot of offset. Um, and I think there it comes uh, uh, excellent into play with the sensor fusion algorithms and the biomechanical models, uh, bringing that all together with, with the sensor data and being able to still from these inaccurate sensors give you a very accurate reading and, 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 and feedback on how you are moving uh, and um, also in a repeatable way. Mm -hmm. so you can compare um, your, your sessions uh, day after day, for example. So CES seems like a great place for XNs to be, given the fact that there are so many industries, so many vertical sectors, uh, not just represented at CES, but engaging, having those conversations. Uh, what does XNs have planned for CES 2020 as, as a strategy or as a product unveil? Um, how much can you give away at this, at this early date, Rob? Yeah, we're, at the moment, we're in the middle of, uh, of uh, preparing this big product launch for us. I'm not going to unveil the, through the name yet, uh, but what we will show at, at um, CES is a, is a, a new sensor from XSense, much smaller form uh, factor, and it will be uh, able to connect directly with mobile platforms like a, a, a tablet computer or a, or a mobile phone. Um, and that will enable all kinds of uh, smart entrepreneurs, uh, engineers to really start uh, diving into data coming from our sensors and applying that onto apps uh, connected to the cloud, uh, start uh, applications like what we foresee is uh, clinical applications or rehab at home, um, sports, uh, um, following sports athletes, uh, but also giving coaching from a distance or even um, that we see people, uh, foresee people that they will develop artificial intelligence coaching uh, uh, based on our sensor data. Mm -hmm. um, one broader question, if you don't mind, Rob, because we see the Dutch presence mm -hmm. at CES growing year after year. Uh, the Netherlands brings uh, a strong contingent to Eureka Park every year. It has generally a, a large startup pavilion showing off the innovations that are, that are coming out of the Netherlands. What is it that makes your country so strong, such a tech leader? Um, you know, at, at, at CTA, we, uh, we've identified you, uh, your country, as uh, an innovation champion, the top rank in both of our international innovation scorecards. So although we have our own set of metrics and measurements, what is it in your mind, Rob, that, that makes the Netherlands such a tech powerhouse? Um, well, I, I think it's also because of the, the history. Dutch uh, are strong business-minded people, uh, but that with a combination of uh, very good universities here, a lot of technical universities, uh, we see that um, the Dutch are, I think, the Dutch are combining the, their, their business um, minds together with, with the, the, the technical knowledge 
um, and they're really good listening to the market, what the market wants, and they are really creative in, in building all kind of new uh, um, products to 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 enter these market demands. Um, and I understand this is actually going to be your very first visit to CES coming up. Uh, do you have any idea what to expect <laughs> outside your booth and the meetings you have planned and, and some of the product innovation you talked about? Well, uh, I heard, of course, a lot about uh, CES. Every year I see a lot of uh, tech news coming uh, when, when CES is on. So um, I expect a, a big show with a lot of... Uh, um, um, Attendance and, and a lot of enthusiasm for all kind of tech, uh, and what we try to do is to find our place in, in between all these uh, other big companies, um, and to be able to to show off and a little bit surprise the, the market what what can be done already with this kind of technology. Because I think we are in the forefront of uh, of, of, of these kind of uh, kind of tech bringing sensor uh, fusion uh, based on IMU sensors to uh, to CES. Rob Loring is business director of XNs in the Netherlands with big plans for CES 2020. Rob, we look forward to seeing you there and hope you have a fantastic initial CES experience. Okay. Thank you, Tyler. Thank you very much. All right. That does it for this edition of CES Tech Talk. We want to help you be CES ready. So one of your first steps is to subscribe to this podcast. That way you won't miss a single episode of CES Tech Talk as we're gearing up for the big show. Speaking of CES 2020, January 7th through the 10th in Las Vegas. Your second step is to check out all the information you need and get registered and make your plans at ces.tech. That is ces.tech. None of this is even remotely possible without the stars of our podcast, our executive producer, Tina Anthony, and our senior studio engineer, John Lindsay. Tina and John, y'all are the best in the business. I'm Tyler Suters. Let's talk tech again soon. Mm-hmm.